So welcome back to Wandering Into Wellness. We are here still in Meadows in the Mountains and now we have with us a lovely guest, Isis. Welcome Isis. Thank you. Isis is dedicated to the art of ritual, so that's what we're going to talk to her about today. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into looking at ritual, understanding ritual, relationships with ritual, and how that came to be something that's really important in your life? Yes. Um, well, I'm, I was born in Mesa, Arizona, raised on the island of Guam. Um, Chamorro and I come from an indigenous community that is in the Pacific it's a little island in the yeah, Pacific wow. Ocean and really my desire to understand ritual is comes from missing that in my culture mm. and really colonization that's continued to, continues to happen yeah, in yeah, my yeah. culture and losing the ceremonies and the rites and the prayers not knowing them and not having any elders to guide me through it and I always had a calling to understand the really spirit, the, the life force of creation that moves through all things and to really connect and understand how to be in right relationship and to really make of my life an offering. And so my whole life, since I was a kid, I started studying ritual and ceremony and anywhere I could, whether it was from reading books or going to the church or sitting with monks or whatever it was studying as much as I could and then when I was about 21 I went on a trip to Egypt and uh, went on a spiritual journey to Egypt went, it was like two week journey and went through all the initiations and the rites and the ceremonies wow. under what spiritual style or what like was it it was it was kind of yeah or? it was more at the time I was studying transpersonal psychology and okay. ascended masters I was having starting to connect with other beings on the other side and my teacher was an expert in ascended masters and so I followed him and he led us to Egypt okay. and started having the most powerful experiences of my life and since then I've gone back to Egypt I go back to Egypt pretty regularly and I've actually led rituals and ceremonies in Egypt wow. so that's been a big part of my life journey and is there like so I, I mean we know a little bit in like ley lines and that sort of stuff that cross over like say at Stonehenge is there is there a strong like connection center what's the, the reason for Egypt is, is it is it their origin the archetypes they have in terms of their their history spiritually or what what was it that makes Egypt a particular place for as a center for you to, what draws you there uh, definitely the Great Pyramid and the Sphinx okay. the Great yeah, yeah. Pyramid um, mathematically yeah. is there's no other pyramid like it on the planet mm. and they, they, they say that its placement is actually the center compass of all of the sacred sites around the planet because wow. there's sacred sites all over the mm -hmm. planet there's a grid a network and connecting them are these telluric energy grid lines yeah. and the Great Pyramid they consider to be a compass oh, wow. and uh, the, it's a sound healing chamber and have you been in? Have you have you engaged yeah, in Yeah, I've, I've led wow. ceremonies in there, and yes. we've led many ceremonies in there actually. Amazing. And then also the Sphinx, um, which originally they believed that it was a lion-headed stru structure, yeah. uh, sculpture, and they recently studied the weathering, and they believe it's older than thirty thousand years. I've read a lot of it. Yeah, this, yeah, this is fascinating. Yeah, we've Egyptologists done. Egyptologists don't really want us to know about this or deal with it at all. Yeah. We did oracle rites in between the paws of the Sphinx for December 21st, 2012. And wow. Yeah, so ritual and ceremony is definitely my life. That's what I do. Okay. Can you describe oracle rites for a second? Yeah. For a second, for a while, <laughs> however long it takes. Well, a lot of the indigenous communities and also ancient civilizations that I've studied 
had oracles mm. and they had different titles you know every community or culture has different titles for similar roles mm -hmm. in the society and um, oracles particularly some of the more popular ones are in Delphi in Greece okay. and people would travel from all over the world to come meet these oracles particularly in Delphi I'm using that as an example yeah. and it would be these women or two spirits sometimes men that would be in these chambers and they would inhale the gases from different herbs and medicines and people would come and ask a question and then they would give an answer oftentimes in the form of a riddle mm -hmm. and then whoever received they would receive the riddle and interpret the riddle and oftentimes lead their empires through wow. the, the riddles that's an example of Delphi yeah, yeah. but so many cultures oracle rites are actually very common and it's actually what we're missing in our current culture right now interesting yeah what do you what do you feel that the, the role of ritual should be in cultures now like what are we missing and how can it change stuff for the better well connection to the spirit the life force of creation that moves mm. through all things everything's alive everything has life force mm. and oftentimes because I believe of the continued practice of colonization, we forget that we are part of the ecosystem and mm -hmm. that we are interdependent and, and related and everything that we do sends a rippling effect into the web of life mm -hmm. and then we're affected by the rippling effect of the web of life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what ritual does is it not only helps us stop for a minute to connect with ourselves and our own innate intelligence and intuition and innate wisdom mm -hmm. too, also helps us connect to the life force of creation and then in communities as well yeah. set intention work with the technology of prayer because you know everything we imagine think say do some becomes a habit becomes a behavior then becomes our destiny mm. and so ritual helps us to stop tune in set an intention and really work with the line of manifestation because every time everything we're always moving forward we're always creating and making yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and ritual helps us to recognize what we are actually creating are and be more for? clear yeah. about what uh, we're creating yeah so it's quite mindless isn't it at the moment like it, and the greed path like do you think the reason maybe that or why do you think i suppose that the current culture has come to not accept spiritual wisdom as a valid reference for a direction, for a, a compass for what to do in life. For what, what to I mean, life. I feel like colonization mm -hmm. is why. It's like, you know, the classic thing even here in Bulgaria, the, you know, the burning of the witches at the stake. Mm -hmm. You know, the oracles, like a lot of the spiritual guides and prophets and oracles have been erased from society. Yeah. Killed, burned, stoned. Mm -hmm forgotten all the forgotten ones yeah. you know are starting to come back you know we're recognizing that not only do we need ritual to connect with ourselves connect with the community but part of what we're missing is rites of passage mm. you know like that acknowledgement of these major turning points in our life yeah. these acknowledgements of our community's turning points in life and then real recognition of we're born for a reason we have a purpose to be of service and to make of our life an offering mm to give. It's so interesting that, you like, know? you know, that what is it, not the seven country study, but you know, where they look at uh, the blue zones, uh, you know, the blue zones, yeah. so they, they've done studies where they looked at um, populations where they have the highest level of centenarians, so the most people living over 100 and living functional, healthy lives, and there's like seven areas in the world, there's like Nikoi, the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, there's um, one of the islands in, in northern Japan, and, and one of, like, the, they, they look at kind of across those populations, but, um, 
what defining characteristics there are that they seem to lead to this. And the main one, the one they come back to all the time, it's not like nutrition, it's not like, well, it's connectedness is a big part of it, but ikigai, that, that, that purpose, the sense of living life with a purpose. It's, and it's, it's, it's so strange that so many, um, so many people who are in our, my daily life anyway, I don't, I don't know whether they feel like living life with a purpose or not, but you don't feel it and you don't, I mean, work is not a passion. The passion is what's done at the weekend. Um, but do you think we can all live work life with the passion in the Western world as it stands? Is it a, is it a massive contradiction? Is it too much of a contradiction? I feel like we can. Yeah. You know, I feel like when we're doing what we're here to do, mm. we, by nature, attract an abundant lifestyle. Yeah. By nature. Yeah. And, you know, with this turning point, you know, with this great turning that we're in, where the survival of our species is at stake, you know, that it is necessary to do what we're here to it's do. It's real. It's real mm. because then we give up our offerings and our passion and our, we feel the connection and then we care and through the caring we tend mm. and we make a beautiful world. Yeah. If we're not doing what we're here to do, we don't tend and we don't care. Mm. And then we try to like escape or go to Mars or go to another yeah, planet. Yeah. planet. Yeah. And we're living in this escapism mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And forget and we keep forgetting and keep forgetting and yeah. keep forgetting we become the forgotten ones yeah. where if we're doing what we're here to do we keep remembering and reinstating ourselves back into the ecosystem yeah. and make beauty uh, one of the things that you see like a lot in yoga classes and people that you meet people that you might get coming into the shop or whatever people that we're meeting in our lives is, is that sense of rising anxiety depression, loneliness, all these things that once upon a time it was kind of something that you might meet one person that had an experience of that in their personal life and now I feel like it's a it's a chronic issue and part of that I feel like is that lack of connectedness to ancestry, to feeling that there is this web, that, that there is this interconnectedness and just feeling like we're, we're our own individual person alone and so I feel like what you're talking sorry, about with ritual is is that people could actually begin to plug in and have that knowledge that they're not alone, that they're part of a bigger thing, yes. and that maybe that would be like a fundamental way that that would start to settle itself. Absolutely. Community is everything. We, we need each other. We're so interdependent and so interrelated. And the, the program really around being alone or really greed or like self-fulfilling really prophecy around me, 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 greed is I think the issue. It's the issue yeah. and it's a program. It's, it's, it's educated. We sort of like, it, it's, it's one of the things we have to acknowledge in ourselves, like that abundance but like in a material sense. There's, there's one really interesting thing somebody told me recently um, that they think that the, the reason that we try to accumulate, you know, material objects is because we're not ready to leave this earth yet. Because you know the way they say like guys who are like well on in terms of enlightenment and Zen Buddhism, that sort of thing, they sort of almost aren't here. They're sort of like just ready to like, they're almost just a spirit. And there's like a need to like grab onto things. And it's sort of, it's nice because it sort of allows me to forgive my own need for hats and sunglasses and crap. But, um, but it's also kind of a, a nice acknowledgement of one of the kind of, a kind of fundamental part of human condition, I suppose. Um, but recognizing it rather than maybe suppressing it might be, you know, a healthier way to well, also, too, in a lot of the villages, things were shared. Yeah. You, you accumulated on behalf of the community yeah. to support the community's growth and evolution. Sure, of course, that's a big part. You yeah. know, and I feel like that's a big piece that we've forgotten. I feel like festival culture is a 
conscious or unconscious desire to experience village life again. Mm. Yeah, you yeah know, it's really we were just today. saying that this festival specifically because it's so small and you have to travel so far to get here and it's also really linked with the community that's here. You really feel like it's just a, an uprising of its own little community that's just sprung up and people who've all come to be a part of this community that's here just for these few days. And that's the desire of people that travel for miles. Yeah. You know, really a long journey. Yeah. To get here and it's be a really part of that. beautiful. And it doesn't feel like a festival, just of consumption of like, no. I pay my ticket, I come in, I drink my beer, I dance, and I go home yeah. or whatever. Like, but it's uh, the sort of a feel of like everybody's making somewhat of a personal investment here, and there's a connection between everybody here as a result, which is rather and nice. a connection with the forest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the land that it's on, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you were saying there's a, there's a, this is a, as a site, the Rodopi Mountains? Yeah, Rodopes. Rodopes. Mm -hmm. They have a, a, a really strong kind of um, is it a history of, with, with burning of witches or a strong kind of tale? Baba Yaga. What? I know nothing of this. Baba Yaga so. is a Bulgarian witch. Okay. And so some of the old stories about the witches are seated here with Baba Yaga. Wow. Same thing with the dragons. So a lot okay. of the dragon lore comes is right here. Wow. That's why we actually it was an idea that I had suggested that we do a dragon. Okay. And so Robert built this dragon to honor the dragons here. And I had this idea last year of creating a Baba Yaga hut to honor Baba Yaga, and they built one last year. Okay. You know, I, I, you know, I feel like it's important to get to know where we are and what the cultural stories and the ceremonies and the rituals and the rites are of the area, because the ancestors are here and they feel everything. And you know, something you said, you alluded to was, which I agree is, you know, ancestral trauma is a real thing. And the lack of connection to our ancestors, where we come from, the feeling, sense of belonging, our origins, you know, I feel like is a part of the challenge that all humans navigate in feeling connected, knowing where they come from, you know, and part of what, and really the continued colonization syndrome. Yeah. You know, like some believe that the English language is actually a colonizing language in and of itself. Yeah. And we're learned we're constant we're programmed to keep enslaving and colonizing and yeah, we're yeah, learning yeah. how to like make of our life a ceremony where we're sharing in right relationship with the life force of creation that moves through all things and feel that interconnectedness and that interdependence. Beautiful. So yeah, I know. I what do like you sharing. think so, when we're listening to you talking about it, it sounds so beautiful and it sounds so obvious and it sounds like the thing that everybody needs. Yeah. But the people listening who've never even thought about this before, maybe, or maybe they have a sense of it, or maybe, or maybe not, what are the things that they can do to start bringing ritual into their life? How can this, what would this look like in their daily life, and how can they make it applicable to them? Well, the thing is, is rich, everything is a ritual, right? It's really about the level of presence and attention and an intention mm. that you're, you're putting into it. Even brushing your teeth, yeah. you know, or drinking a glass of water. Drinking a glass of water is a very classic one, especially with this dynamic of what we're navigating with water. You know, they say, the Hopis say that it's looking like the third world war, if there's to be one, will be around water. Mm. Consciously drinking a glass of water does so much. Like thanking the water, because you're also thanking the water in your body. Mm. You know, like we're made up mostly of water. Water's alive. Water receives information. It imprints information. And it's the carrier of the wisdom of the ages, because water's, water's life. We come from water. So a very simple ritual yeah. is to 
consciously acknowledge the water, speak to the water, and drink it fully and not waste it. Yeah. That's a basic one. It's lovely. Know. It's very it, like it's so profound. Like I started making um, matcha tea a few years ago in the morning, and I had a, a little electric whisk thing. You know, the little yeah. foaming things or whatever. It's great. Foamed it up, blah blah blah. You know, made it with the 30 degree water and put 7 degree water on top. Lovely bowl of matcha. Very nice. Um, but then I bought a bamboo whisk because, well, because I knew that that was the way it was supposed to be. And, um, and one of the Japanese women who used to work with me um, kind of struck me on, you know, the idea that it was a meditation, the idea that it wasn't just pouring a cup of tea and drinking a cup of tea. And so she just talked me through the figure of eight whisking of a cup of matcha. And it's like, it's only 30 seconds or whatever, but it's amazing what it does to your heart rate. Like even like the tiniest bit of shavasana or whatever at the end of your practice. And, it's, it's amazing how quickly your body goes, oh, it wants to do that. It, like, it really wants to connect to what it's doing. It doesn't want to be distracted from it. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy thing to engage when you, when you choose to. You just have to opt. opt Absolutely. In, yeah. Presence, attention, yeah. and intention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah in exactly. everything. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Then we're like walking around more awake. Yeah. 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 And because there's, there's so much talk now about habitual actions being negative and that a lot of negativity put on habitual actions and repetitive actions but those things don't need to be a negative if you just bring that attention yeah. to them so it's not that what seems so nice about what you're saying is that it's not that you're saying go out and change everything mm. it's like you can live the life that you're living now but be more mindful in it yeah. and bring ritual into that without having to go and change everything yeah and those are the things that per oh per no. precipitate change eh? that's yeah. kind of what changes filters out and sorry go on well, and just um, uh, what was I saying? I think it was I think I was talking, speaking about an attention to yeah. what you're doing. Attention and attention. When you're really attentive to what you're doing, you take the time to be with what you're doing. Yeah. Life becomes a meditation. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, exactly. and when and oftentimes when we take that time for ourselves, we can hear more, we see more. The world opens up. You know, and then we kind of start to feel into. The more we feel into ourselves, we feel into our purpose. We feel into how we can be of service, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we haven't heard about the witches properly. Dra can you explain something about dragon lore? What, like, what, what is it? I, I've only heard tiny shreds of this over years, and I, I've never really like tapped into it. Like, what? Oh my God, there's so many stories. But one thing yeah. I love is, uh, you know, going back to what we talked about at the beginning with the sacred sites and the telluric energy grid lines. Uh -huh. um, the Chinese refer to that as the dragon lines, that all the telluric energy grid lines are dragon lines and that the water lines are serpent lines. And there's all these stories and mythologies around the serpents and the serpent dragons. You see that all over yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. You know, the serp, you know, Quetzalcoatl, Quetzalcoatl is a, is a very common one from Maya. Okay. Um, the Kumars from Peru. Yeah. And then all the Even dragons in the from Indian here. Mythology, yeah. The gods with all the different snakes yeah, yeah, yeah. and dragons. And dragons. You know, like I believe, I thoroughly believe that dragons existed and still do. Yeah. You know? And so, what do they like symbolize for you in your life? When you said you wanted to put a dragon here, when you were connecting to dragon lore here, what, what, what is function it? What function do they serve exactly? What what purpose do they well, serve? Well, different dra I mean, like any sort of cultural tradition around different beings they, mm -hmm. there's many of the, okay. the kinds that serve yeah. different purposes yeah, yeah, yeah. for this particular land my thought around it was they um, carry the wisdom of the earth of this land okay. yeah, and yeah. they uh, are the treasure protectors nice. and so they're sort of like protecting the land also you know because we're all coming and yeah. bringing 
all everything that we where we come from here. Yeah. And so they're protecting, taking care of the land, and uh, embodying the wisdom of the land. Good. Yeah, yeah. That was my thought around the dragon. Cool. So it gives but some yeah, so some preservation of the local kind of culture and innate wisdom as well. That's and would nice. historically would people have gone to learn from dragons? Would they have communed with dragons? Would they have prayed to dragons? What? How was their relationship to dragons, or were the dragons just this thing that existed and they didn't have a, a relationship with them physically? Well, it's a good question because it depends. Like. Some stories, and you know, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I can technically tell these stories because it's not my culture, but okay. I can refer to parts of them. Some stories believe that we come from, we're part dragon, that okay. we come from the lineage of dragons and serpents. Some stories believe that there are different species and we lived with them and we were in communion and, you know, all of the mystical creatures that we think of, like unicorns and griffins and dragons, yeah, that they yeah. actually were real beings. Okay. Yeah. And then some stories believe that when you were part of a clan or a village, every clan or village had different uh, animal totems. Okay. And oftentimes when you were your, your mother's clan or your father's clan, represented different animals and the mystical beings like dragons were collaboration of two animals. Oh wow, okay. You know, so it's different cultures say different yeah, things. Different. Yeah. But one thing I really, you know, in the rituals that I do that I think about in all the prayers that we do is that every time we send a prayer, because there's a technology to prayer. Mm. I love that term when you use mm. technology of prayer. It's like, yeah. yes, it makes it feel very real and practical. Yeah, yeah. It's very real, it's yeah. very practical. Yeah. I always like to send the prayer into the dragon lines, the telluric energy grid lines, so that they go to all the different sacred site spots mm -hmm. and then send them into the serpent lines. Okay, okay. So we're working with the energy frequencies because, you know, some believe that we're move, living in different dimensions. I definitely believe that. And that when we take the time to connect with ourselves, connect with each other, connect with the land, connect with the spirit, and drop into ritual, the, the veil gets really thin and we can see into other dimensions. Yes. So other beings start to show up, okay. yeah, yeah. and that you know dragons are still alive and they're moving, but they're not necessarily in this yeah. dimension. I mean, we know so much you know? about like bees see infrared. Like you know, there's so many things we're not picking totally. up that we that we do yeah. acknowledge and that we've studied, but we're not willing to necessarily reference when it's a mythical creature. Yeah, could potentially actually. I'm, Quantum physics says the most likely thing is that there's a multiverse that we're like every single action and we ever take in our lives has already been repeated infinity yeah. times. Mm -hmm. It's just something we can't quite cope with, and we go, oh, let's shut that down. Yeah. <laughs> so in, in Guam, where you've seen like Western culture kind of pervasively erode the kind of traditional wisdom that's there, is there a reemergence happening there as well? Absolutely, you, okay, like well, my amazing. absolutely. One of the things that's happening that my, my dad is very involved, his name's Clifford Guzman, he's very involved in cultural revivification and, you know, remembrance. And one, a movement that's happening right now with the Chamorro peoples is they're relearning the language because the continued colonization of the Spanish and the Dutch and the Japanese and the U Americans, um, they realize that the language has changed and some of the colonizing languaging is now in the Chamorro language. Oh, wow. And so they're changing. <laughs> How do you get that away? <laughs> and so basically they're relearning the Chamorro language. It was just purely Micronesian, pure pre Is it down? Is there enough? No, it's all past. It's all about the tradition. 
Wow. And so it's really about, you know, really something that's very important in a lot of these, in all of our cultures. Everyone has an origin from somewhere. Everyone has a, a belongs somewhere. A lot of us that are mixed belong many places. Is to really sit with our elders. Because they are carrying so much information and wisdom, especially right now with the internet, while everything is sort of mixing, mm. you know, which is a beautiful thing too. It's showing how interrelated and interconnected we are and interdependent. Um, but our elders are the ones that carry the stories that yeah. we need. Yeah, you know. Time. Yeah, we were just we're about to uh, chat to uh, Diana. What's her surname? I can't remember. She <laughs> she talks about intuitive plant medicine. Macaulay. Thank you. Um, and she was saying how you know she's not on the internet we gave her our little cards like oh, we're on YouTube we're on iTunes she's like I'll never find you I was like okay but you're happy to go to chat that's great she's like yeah I don't really connect with that I put myself into a place that's remote enough that that doesn't really happen and uh, and I was saying well how do you feel about this because this feels very modern and yeah. whatever and, and yet not I suppose but she was like well this kind of is my internet you know yeah it's amazing, isn't it? That's a beautiful. Is that lovely? Yeah. yeah. So sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Like her, her way of plugging in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's kind of what it feels like for us doing the podcasts. Really, one of the most beautiful things about coming here is it's access to all these people who come from not Ireland, from places that we wouldn't normally have access to, and just to be able to happen upon them or hear of their workshop and say, wow. That is knowledge that I would love to learn from, and to be able to then sit and learn with that, and then share this yeah. for other people, and it's like a little mini internet, like yeah, being yeah. able to go around and go, that's the little bit yes, of information that it? I want. That's exactly. another little yeah. bit of information that I, I want. I love that. Which, well, yeah. you're you're doing it. You're you're, you're, so, you're doing it you're here. You're part of it. That's yeah. your job. Yeah, 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 that is my job. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Yeah. So, so can you tell us something about the the people that you have? Because obviously we know we have uh, Diana. We just spoke about what other people are you are are facilitating here this weekend, or ones that you're interested. Well, one I'm really excited about is the Bulgarian Choir. Yes, mm. 5.30. Really, really excited. It's a little later, but we'll change oh, okay. the schedule if we had to. Um, yeah, the Bulgarian Choir, I'm very, very excited about that. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, when we come to these sacred lands, hearing the songs is so important. The songs carry the stories. The songs carry the medicine of the land. So learning traditional songs, that feels important. So I'm very excited about that. And, um, Who's coming to do it? Is it somebody local? Local women, oh, local oh, choir. Wow. Amazing. I know. Well, it's gonna be so amazing. I'm yeah. really excited about it. The other thing I'm really excited about, I haven't really experienced them before, but it was through the internet, is the Wisdom Roundhouse. Yeah. Um, it's a sound healing group, okay. cool. and uh, I don't know what they do, but I just have a good feeling about yeah, yeah. them. Okay. Right. And um, I'm also uh, looking forward to the Cacao Alchemy yeah. workshop. I just came from, because I do this at other festivals, and we had these um, traditional Mayan elders from Guatemala. Mm -hmm. From this, they, this cacao comes from this tree that they've been harvesting for hundreds of years. Oh, wow. And they had a three-hour cacao ceremony in the traditional Mayan way. Oh, wow. It's really special. One where, of the where was that? Enlightening in a bottle. Oh, okay. That's the, yeah. their, their festival yes. I work in. And one of the elders is like 75, and... So I'm really looking forward to seeing how the younger generation yeah. carries forward these ceremonies yeah, yeah, yeah. and what different qualities they bring to it. Mm. And it's an interesting topic because, you know, a lot of the work I do in terms of North America, cultural appropriation is a really big topic. Okay, yeah. And um, learning about what it mean, how to preserve and carry forward these particular ceremonies, and also acknowledge where they come from in the right way. Yeah. Um, so, 
I'm looking forward to seeing how he carries it forward. Yeah, and like, do you, do you, you think know? that, uh, so where there's, where something just feels relevant and it's right now, regardless of who it is doing it, do you think there's, if, if you don't acknowledge necessarily where things are coming from, do you think it's useful for itself and can you, you know, just because it, it's happening, is it not then valid? Do you know what it's I mean? a big question, you know. It's a really, it's a very, very big question, mm. you know. And I could it probably kind of talk into about dogma that dogma, otherwise, kind of in a way, doesn't it? And that's your, that's sort of the tension with it a little bit, or can do. Yeah, it can for sure. And you know, the the topic around cultural appropriation is almost like a totally different talk because yeah. that's a Sorry. big one. No, it's a, it's a big one, and it's a very important one right now. Yeah. Because you know, we're especially festival culture not even just festival culture, in general right now, we're remixed. We're made up of so many different ancestors at this point, you know? And it's rare to find folks that are pure lineage or have been raised in traditions and raised in cultures that are still alive, that carry these ceremonies. And at this time, the remembrance of the need for ceremony and ritual and intention and attention and prayer and not having leader elders to, to teach us or the passing of lineages yeah. in a certain way we naturally want to pick it up yeah, 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 yeah. you know and learn about it yeah. and create new ways and so there's this interesting dynamic between lineage story lineage ceremonies lineage ways lineage rituals and the new rituals that are coming forward yeah. and there's a it's a big topic right and it now. can be a lovely dynamic if it's yeah. work if it's handled nice if it's handled sensitively by everybody involved and we're learning how to handle them right yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah. and because not, not there's not really anything new you know everything's been done before yes. and we're doing things that have been done before in a new way <laughs> and so uh, yeah. that's a big topic <laughs> it's a really big topic. Um, so, if people are interested in what we've been talking about and interested in what you're saying and interested in learning more about the art of ritual or maybe connecting with you in some kind of a way, where can they do that? Do you have a space on the internet? Do you have regular retreats that you hold or workshops? Or well, I just took down my website because I'm going to redo it. Okay. Um, and I've actually only put it up. I, I have this interesting thing where I like, I oftentimes won't put myself out on the internet because I like this finding people through connection, but I know that that time needs to change. <laughs> Isisindria.com will okay. come Indria. at some right. point. Okay. Isisindria, I-N-D-R-I-Y-A dot okay, com. Yeah. And then my partner Eve and our group, we also have livingvillageculture.com. Okay, okay, cool. And that's where we post some of the things that we do. Okay. You know, we... I do a lot of classes, we do retreats, um, we hold a lot of ceremonies and rituals, we do curation, I do a lot of curation. Um, this is definitely what I do all the time. So for now, livingvillageculture.com sometimes and soon, isisindria.com okay. regularly. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, Facebook. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Thank you so much for that. Was such a treat. Thank really you. such a treat. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. I uh, hope you enjoyed it and listened. And um, yeah, so uh, don't forget to like and subscribe, comment below, etc. And um, yeah, obviously the best ones will be handing out some goodie bags fairly soon. You're going to see some posts for that. And uh, yeah, tune in for the next one. Okay, thanks.